A reading from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this summer, the choir, many of them, there's a bunch of you back there. So if I turn this way, can you still hear me? Okay. We have this sound problem when I get up to speak and they fall asleep because they can't hear me, not because I'm putting them to them. Okay, just checking. Anyway, the choir is going on tour this summer. They are going to um, sacrifice themselves and go to Paris and then on to Normandy. But they are going for a purpose and the purpose is to minister through choral music and we have an emphasis as we go to bring that eternal light. So you see in your bulletin that we are in a sermon series that have to do with eternal light. And today we are talking about how we contribute to continual creation. I hope to help us make sense of what that means. And the best way to do that is to begin at the beginning. Genesis, in the beginning, not just the baseball, first sports ever mentioned in scripture is in the beginning, had to do that. <laughs> I saved that for you, Juan, there we go, do not use that. In the beginning, when God created, and that sets us on a trajectory to know who God is and what God does, and then how we are engaged with that. So I want to do three things. I want to talk about the creation itself in, in the context of the light that God brings. I want us to look at what it means to be part of a continual creation, both in God and who we are, and then how we personally reflect that creative side of who we are and the light which indwells us and how we live that out. So just some very concrete examples. And if I speak really quickly, you will have time to carry on this conversation, especially talking to Andrew, Janot, and um, each other about what it means for you to be part of that continual creation. Will you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit of God, I ask that you would breathe again 
your word into our hearts and minds, into our ears and our eyes. Help us, Lord, to see afresh in creation and in your call upon our lives how we are partners with you by your grace and by your provision and plan. Be with us as we open your word. We thank you for your son, the word made flesh that dwelt among us. In his name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, as we begin, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form, it looked like it was kind of in process from the very beginning. We have God who creates, and he creates light, and it was good. The second part of the scripture, the 14 through 19, when he creates the greater light and the lesser light, and at the very end, he sees what he's done when he puts the sun in the day and the moon and the stars at night, and he looks at it and he said, it is good. We have a good God. God is good. And what God does is good. And we're invited to be part of that goodness in the way in which we live. When God created, there is light, and he brings the goodness of that light into the darkness. And if some of you ever have nightmares, little children tend to have that more. They're far more creative, I think. But we can't wait till the sun comes up. If, I'm, um, if I cannot change my dreams, as I try and do, and I'm over-worried or thinking about other things, I just love when the dawn begins to break through because there's that light that comes into the windows, it comes into our lives, and God is kind of doing that. When we are in the midst of darkness, God breaks in with the light that he brings to us. God is the only God. He is the creator and sovereign of all that there is. Now, whenever I preach, you know, missions is going to come into this somehow because that's kind of where my heart is and what I love to do. We have one of our core missions and someone on our church is on the board, Scholar Leaders International. Now, there's the ones that support people who are getting their PhDs, who are going back into the majority world to do ministry there. And every Sunday, there's somebody who's brought to um, our attention if you get their emails and they'll tell you about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Stevan John is a man from India and who ministers there. Currently he's getting his PhD in the UK and his whole emphasis is on um, wanting to make sure that um, what he teaches in India helps people understand the ascension, that Christ physically is raised from the dead and ascends to heaven. And the reason why is he explains that 80% of all of India are Hindus. The other are 14% Muslim, 2% Christian, and then everybody else is in there. So very, very small out of 1.3 million people in India, 80% are Hindi. They happen to have about 33 million deities. Now, a lot of them come together under Brahman, but you see in their religion all these deities that are coming together, and so he's trying to help them understand Jesus isn't an avatar. He's just not this, you know, 
soul body that comes for a while and then is not there. It's that Jesus is unique in who Christ is. But the fact that you have in India 33 million deities, God alone, one God, sovereign, creator of heaven and earth. So it's not out of a great angst. It's not out of um, a fight with materials or forces or, or monsters or demons or anything else that God is doing this. God creates out of voice. God speaks. And the earth is formed. And God brings light by voice. The spoken word. We have the word written complete, but we continue to learn new things about this. We continue to see God's work in and through scripture and in and through our lives. That spoken word continues to be important, especially as we look again, Jesus Christ in John 1, and the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word dwelt among us. This is Christ from the beginning, part of that God that creates. God speaks when nothing existed, and yet God continues in the creation story as we read it, that we see on the, on, at the very beginning he creates light, and then on the fourth day he kind of unwraps that a little bit, and he gives us the sun, and he gives us the moon and the stars. Now, I'm married to a Navy man, and so early on when we would walk at night, I would get a constellation of whatever lessons, summer, or winter. Actually, it's really, really cool, but I have an app now because I am slow, slow, so slow. So I can just put this up because, you know, he's, he's light years ahead of me there. But how fun. You begin to read the stars. You begin to see, whoa, yeah, there's that constellation, and here's this star and everything else. I shared with, I think it's a men's group this week. When I walk down the stairs really early in the morning, I can look off to the kind of the east and see the planet Venus rising. It's huge, bright planet. And it's coming up and you just see that light in the midst of that darkness. And it's this cool thing that God gives to us even in the midst of darkness. God has created some light. As God creates, and he, each day that he finishes, and it is good, and it is good. Now the thing about continual creation is the fact that God is still engaged in the creation. There um, were a bunch of folks who still exist today that are what we call deists. They kind of believe that God gets the world, he kind of creates it, gets it going. I always think of this, he like spins it like a top and you're, okay, you're on your own. <laughs> just, you know, keep going. And so something, oh, it's just going to go till it burns up or it's just going to do that. We are folks who believe in a God who is continually engaged in the world. So God continually preserves, continually creates, continually is present. We have a God who is living, who is relational, who is with us, who, who's part of who we are and part of creation. And God continues to create, continues to be engaged. There was an idea that, um, again, things were started and then um, not worried about it or that creation had to come from something that, you know, God really needs help out there. God speaks and creation is there. God continues to speak and continues to create. 
This is something we believe in, and we get to who is Jesus. Jesus, again, as we see the light, in Genesis, we see the light of Jesus. Jesus spoke, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. Sometimes we just need to remember that, that we no longer walk in darkness. We have that light. Sometimes I think we forget where that light is in our lives and how that light lives in and through us. Christ's care and love is demonstrated in the life-giving light that he brings into the world. We see that again in John 1. Christ's light in the world makes the impossible possible by his dwelling in us so that we are able to be part of that light and be part of that continued creation that is given in who God is. Jesus so desires for us to reflect that light in all that we do, that we are given an opportunity to then be engaged in the world in such a way that makes us as believers unique. Everybody's creative. Everybody can do, you guys are really creative, but everybody is creative in what they do and how they live that out. And oftentimes we think, well, I'm just really not that creative. I mean, I don't sing. I don't play an instrument. I don't write books. I don't cook. <laughs> well, anyway, on occasion, kind of do that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, we continually create problems. Would you not agree? We have a great ability to continue to create problems. Do you think we might continue to create light, continue to create good, continue to create Christ living in us? What would that look like for us? How would we live that out? And I want you to spend some time thinking about that. We are new creations in Christ. We know that God at the end, we will have a new heaven and a new earth that we are forever becoming. Scripture talks about that. Be ye transformed. It's an ongoing thing. It's that new person and who we are and how we live that out. But our gifts and our skills are important in bringing that light and in showing people what it is that we provide uniquely as Christians in what we do. So I'm going to use a few examples. And of course, I'll start with Plant With Purpose Missions. One of the things that you discover if you travel lots of places that when people are suffering, and especially when they are hungry, they're not very creative. They're just trying to survive. When Plant With Purpose came in, they saw trees that had been cut down in the soil that was absolutely eroded, and they thought, how can we help? How can we help both teach? How can we help bring that creation care to bring new things, to create sustainable living for people who are so hungry and people who are so struggling? So they began to think creative ways of how you could plant on hillside, and they taught the farmers who had never done that before how to do that. And then as the farmers were able to 
build crops and have been able to feed their family, they too have become creative and how they live that out. And it's an amazing thing when you go down there, they take both ownership of what they do, but they also give God glory because they saw that people came alongside with the light of Jesus and was creative. Johann Sebastian Bach wrote 262 worship cantatas. And he did it so that worship on Sunday mornings. It's how, that was his language love. That was his light love. That was, this is who God has created me to be and how I give back to God by doing those. He had 1,127 works written by Bach, a follower of Jesus, bringing glory to God in what he did. The Japanese painter Makoto Fujimura who is a professor at Fuller said, the arts are a cup that will carry the water into the life of the thirsty. Now we're in a culture in our world right now that is um, not just the culture of, of, of those who are cultured, <laughs> not just those who appreciate the opera, or the symphony or everything else, not just the culture of politics or the culture of ethnicity or the culture of um, hipsters or millennials or old people called what are we called, baby boomers? Where we are, we're old, we're still. <laughs> and we have this culture about who we are and you just think, well, how are we going to relate with that? Who, you know, how does Christ relate with that? But rather than think, what is the culture of creativity within Christians that bring to all different groups? And the arts do it really well, without a doubt. A couple weeks ago, uh, Juan Carlos, J.P. Hunton, and I went to Calvin Symposium of Worship. You all know it was like 13 below wind chill factor. This is why we go in January, because it makes the most sense. I know the school's closed during that time. It's just cold. It's very, very cold. But one of the things that they do is encourage the creativity of the people like Juan Carlos and even pastors and JP, people who are musicians and people who have to write and study and do these things. How can we help you be creative so that that light of Christ that you were given goes out into the world and is both helpful for the congregation, but beyond that? And JP took a little seminar on Visual Arts 101. He went as JP Hunson, I think he came out as Tigger. He was so excited. He was so excited about everything that he could do. Look at what we could do in worship, and this would really engage people, and it would help them see you know, more of Jesus and just the way in which we use visual arts. And he goes, candles. I'm like, okay, candles everywhere. We could put candles everywhere. Not a bad idea because it's the light of Christ, right? We're lighting these candles to show that Christ's light is going out into the whole world. Some of the ways in which we do that. Now, we're all, not all musicians, but we all are creative. Created in the image of God, we have creativity within us. How do we use it? I see entrepreneurs using that all the time. I see ways in which we come alongside and bring that light that God has to offer. There is in our shining stars, as Paul put it in, in Philippians 2, verse 15. You know, don't, don't be as the rest of the world is, but rather be the shining stars with the light of Christ shining in you. And a sunlight 
reflects itself in the celestial body out there. So here's the thing, Venus, that bright light I see coming down the stairs if I'm up early in the morning, reflects 65% light. That's just incredible. The planet, not quite planet, I guess it's a star, it's a planet, they can't quite make up their mind, Pluto, <laughs> reflects anywhere from 49 to 66%. It's called, um, this word for this I just went to is albedo. And so it's that reflected light. Now the amazing thing, and the moon, which is getting, you know, each day it gets a little brighter because it's headed, it's um, waning, and so, no, it's waxing, so it's getting bigger. And it's brighter every day, and at the very brightest, it is 0.07 reflection. So Venus is 65%, and this is 0.07% reflection, yet it's so bright. So guess what? We reflect the light of Christ. Can you imagine if we could reflect Christ by 100%? Is that not our call? Is that not what God wants to do in our lives? Is to have that light reflected out on other people so the fact that I don't cook doesn't really get in the way of other things I can do? Isn't it, isn't it nice if that light of Christ in us so reflected out that we didn't dim it with that continual creation of problems, but rather that continual creation of living as God's children with the light of Christ reflecting in us. Let your light so shine above others, before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As we have continuous creation, as God continues to be a part of all, in earth and in us, we too can be that continuous creation showing the light of Christ to others. So what is it that God has given to you that you use in your creative realm, that you use to bring that light, that you use to show Christ in you? Amen.